Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing last week's spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting five to 15 minutes where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up. I missed you. Friday I was at Disney World. Thanks for the great comments. I had a super time, a super weekend. I hope you did too. Today's question, how to control anger. How do I control my anger? Is anger something we manifest even when something happens to you, to us? I don't have a specific anger problem, but I find that I sometimes get really angry inside. How do you get rid of that? And have you manifested this in your life? Oh, I think none of us are exempt. Uh, no matter where we are on the scale of conscious enlightenment uh, to feel anger or at least to remember really well what it's like. To this day, I feel anger. So you're not alone. It's not a terrible thing. It's okay. But it's a great and really important question because anger is never ideal. I'm really strong on that. I said that recently, but I'm glad I have the opportunity to clarify here. It's okay. It's totally understandable. We're on this crazy adventure where we forget how powerful we are, and it seems like life is happening to us, and oftentimes there are unintended manifestations that really seem to suck. Okay, be angry. It's totally okay. But we want to manage that anger. We want to recognize that it is not ideal. Yes, you can harness your anger. And yes, you ought to always use your anger. But don't let this be an invitation to be angry. Don't be you know, totally okay that you're angry. Anger is something you want to mitigate and erode away through conscious awareness. Okay, so the most important thing here is to get, and this is, this is you know, I think psychology 101, anger is the byproduct of earlier suppressed feelings. Suppressed feelings. Now, is it possible to manifest anger like we manifest money? Yeah, you can think about money, you can move towards money, you manifest money. You can do the same thing with anger. Like, you know, I'd really, nobody does. Uh, but to answer your question, literally, you could be thinking about, you know, the power of my anger, the power of my anger, and, and inadvertently be looking for somebody to let it out on, and you will have manifested anger in a very deliberate, straightforward way. That's almost never how anger arises, though, to get to the point of your question. It is the byproduct, as I just said, of earlier suppressed emotions. Okay, And very simply, just be aware. From now on, for all of us, when you have something you want to say, 
consider saying it. This doesn't mean just let everything just blurt out of your mouth, you know, almost irrationally without some kind of filter. You know, this is an art. Life is an art. It's not all yes or no or totally objective. But when there's something going on at home or in your circle of friends or with complete strangers and that really bugs you when people drive that way, start giving yourself permission to more readily and more quickly to reveal your displeasure at what happened. And that is not anger. That is aggression. Aggression is a totally different thing. Aggression doesn't have to be my way or the highway. Aggression is um, an expression of, hey, I'm putting my foot down. Hey, I want you to know. Hey, let's talk about this. That's not anger. That's a natural reaction to circumstances that are displeasing. And we may have a lot to learn by bringing it up. We might find that there was a really important reason that that person was driving crazy. Maybe they, maybe they had a, somebody in their family is hurt and they're laying down in the back seat and they're rushing to the hospital. And you're like, well, I'm glad I brought it up. Otherwise, it would have built up and built up and 10 more drivers later, I would have really gone into highway rage. Um, now, I know we can't always talk to the people who tick us off in, uh, in our cars, but nine times out of ten, we can talk to the people who annoy us in our life. And by talking about it, we can let off that steam. We can put things in, see things in their proper perspective instead of bottling it up to the day when it blows up, when you blow up and you are out of perspective. So the most, the, the most, you know, psychology 101 is be expressive. And, and I know that this is easier for some than others. And I know it's easier for men than women. And I don't mean for that to sound wrong, but women too often um, bear the brunt of wanting to make peace with partners that are not female in some cases um, who really don't care. Uh, or not thinking about that, and too often it's bottled up and bottled up. So just gently be aware that there is a need and a place for your expression. You are important. We need to hear. We want to hear. Um, and in the right way at the right time, if you can measure it and filter it just a tad, just a tad, um, your, your expression will bring about immediate remedies for both parties. And sometimes that remedy will be a realization that you misunderstood something that you would not have understood that you misunderstood unless you expressed to begin with, which is the second part of this lesson. When you're feeling anger, you know, it, you might not have the opportunity to express. Maybe the person you're angry with is not right there in front of you. You don't have to send them a text message or a flaming email. You, you might if the opportunity presents itself, do some reflection. Ask some basic questions. Um, how else could I see this? What else might be going on in their life? Um, what am I missing? And it might be a total misunderstanding on your part, or you might be led to realizing that they have a misunderstanding because of some other pressing issues that you were oblivious to or not giving proper weight to. And you'll find that uh, it was understandable, their behavior, and not a personal insult to you. And you can see the whole thing a different way. So number one, be expressive more often 
in a measured way. Find that balance. It's an art. And number two, and this goes for anything that rattles your cage, for all of us, if there is anger or an accident or a pain or an ailment, as I say, it seems like it comes up in almost every tune-up, you are misunderstanding something. And that doesn't mean that the other person wasn't a jerk. Okay, but always when an issue shows up in our life, including anger, there's something we are misunderstanding about ourselves or about them, which does not justify their behavior. And that does not mean don't express, do express. And that'll bring more clarity to your perhaps lack of clarity and or clarity on their situation. I know it seems like I'm playing both ends here and, and maybe uh, not speaking straight, but uh, whenever there's an issue in your life, it's a red flag that you could see things differently. Again, that doesn't mean you were wrong. It doesn't mean that they were right, but it means, hey, it's an adventure. Hey, it's okay. And that definitely does not mean don't express. There's room for both, okay? Your expression might change based on some self-reflection in the beginning, but don't, don't deny yourself. That's so key here. That's the underlying message. Don't deny yourself. Speak up. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-ups. A spiritual tune-up. This is where I take your questions generally of a metaphysical nature. Metaphysics is the philosophy that belies all physical sciences, explaining who we are, how we got here. I take your questions and I uh, answer them in the most practical way to give you traction towards living the life of your wildest dreams, which is why you chose to be alive. Today's question is one that uh, comes up from time to time. I've spoken to bits of it here and there. So let's go all in. Sacred contracts versus free will, which prevails. Dear Mike, I have a question about fate and the kind of things we wanted to learn before we were born versus free will. A friend of mine and a medium reads tarot cards. She gave me a reading and someone else came up. Spicy. But what about my free will and the will of the other person who came up? Will my new behavior change the course of the relationship or will the outcome in the end be the same because of fate, destiny, sacred contracts and agreements? Um, please shed some light on this. Okay, as I have said many times, there is no fate, there is no destiny, and there is no karma in the sense of absolutes. Karma is a phenomenon. Check out the earlier spiritual contract, spiritual tune-ups where I go in depth there. There are only probabilities and there are only likelihoods. And when it comes to surveying the canvas of reality and deciding what you're going to do next, where you might incarnate, what realms, dimensions, and parallel universes you may go to, you consider everything, including what you want to learn. We want to learn stuff to get closer to truth, to live in joy and abundance, laughter surrounded by friends, health and harmony. What am I not getting that I could get 
if the circumstances were right so that I could blast forward. It's like, oh, if I go there and if I go with you and if I'm your mom and if you're my dad and if I do this and if you do that and suddenly there's this realm of possibilities that gels into probabilities. And if I'm a guy in the 21st century and my mom's artistically inclined and my dad leaves us for some floozy, I will most likely learn to stand on my feet and be a little bit of an artist and a little bit of a leader. And oh my gosh, I'm going to learn the lessons I want. This is how it goes. We, we choose who we're going to go with. We have ideas and realms of what we're going to get from it. And the whole thing together gives us the idea of who to be and where to be next. And when you do a tarot card reading or the like, an intuitive reading, an energy reading, any of those kind of readings, when you're with a gifted and talented person, a talented reader, and you have it in yourself to be your own reader, but there's no harm in getting some outside counsel. When you're with a talented reader, their gift lies in tuning into probabilities and likelihoods. Nothing is set in stone. Nothing is predetermined. Nothing can be known for sure about what tomorrow will bring. It is an absolute impossibility. God does not know what tomorrow is going to bring. Okay, Divine intelligence is here to find out, as you and me. And the cumulative thoughts, leanings, desires, intentions of the population will determine what happens tomorrow. But because those leanings, inclinations, thoughts, desires, fears can change on a dime, nobody can know what will happen tomorrow. Now, it's highly likely that I'm going to continue speaking in uh, about three more minutes. It's highly likely that I'm going to have a day writing notes from the universe or doing some other creative stuff. It's highly likely that you're going to have a normal day, a normal evening, just like the day before. Those are likelihoods. They're not for sure. The closer we are to the immediate present, the more likely somebody can tune in and be right. The more distant, like where are you going to be in 10 years, the more difficult. Um, but what's important here is to realize nothing is set in stone. You are totally free and you can change your mind. And while you might have said, hey, let's go and be best friends in this next lifetime. You be the leader, I'll be the follower or vice versa. Either one of you can change your mind on the fly. Nobody's bound. Nobody's obligated. Everyone wants total carte blanche to figure out their life. And so if midway through a journey, you're like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go over there. I want to love somebody different. You're allowed to. You're allowed. Now you want to make those choices in accordance with love in your heart for those your decision will affect. Um, and you want other people to do the same thing, but not destiny, not karma, not ancient spiritual contracts. We rewrite those every day based on changing our thoughts, changing our minds, new intentions, new dreams, greater understanding of reality. Time to go to another orbit. Time to get off that wheel. Um, you're free from karma as soon as you understand the truths you were missing that led you down those paths. So total freedom. Now, what you want to do, and your question goes there, can a reading change your life? Can it undo all that other stuff? Oh, absolutely. 
because your thoughts become things. And if you go to a reading where somebody tells you, in the month of August, avoid tall, bald men. That's going to change your entire life if you follow that advice. Is it, a, is it good advice? It depends on your underlying beliefs, intentions, desires. I would never recommend going to a psychic, and I've shared this many times before in these tune-ups, who tells you what to do and what not to do. That's the mark of an immature psychic. Uh, a young soul psychic. They'll tell you what to do. How can they possibly know all of the elements in your life, your past life, your intentions for this lifetime? They can't. Okay. But if you go to a talented psychic, uh, they will always inform you of the adventures that may lie ahead so that you can make your own decisions. And they would never dream of telling you what to do. I can't not mention my dear friend, Tracy Farquhar. She wrote uh, a book with me, co-wrote a book with me. She's a talented psychic medium. Um, and if you're looking for somebody good to share some insight with you or to teach you how to become independent in that regard, Tracy Farquhar, you can Google my name, um, the Frank material, uh, and, and look for the book that I co-wrote with Tracy. So look for psychics who will give you information so that you can make decisions because you're, you're, the rest of your life is a blank ticket and you can write what happens next and you're not obligated or stuck or trapped in any way other than how you might think you are. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Uh, this question is one I haven't really spoken to very much. Uh, and so I'm, I'm eager to go where I have not yet been in terms of answering your questions on these daily spiritual tune-ups. Mike, how to feel worthy of all you desire? Especially, Mike, how do you attract appreciation from others? Okay, I think those are two Oh, different questions. So I'm going to give you two different answers. First, the worthy and then other people and their appreciation. Uh, you got to get, I want you to understand that you were born worthy. Your dreams are yours as a preview of the infinite possibilities that you can choose to manifest in your life. Your dreams are not yours by accident. You're pre-approved. Being worthy is not something you earn. It's something innate that already exists 100% that you finally recognize. You don't earn worthiness. You recognize you are. No, that's the question, perhaps. But before I get there, I want you to understand that living here in these sacred jungles of time and space, this is the winner's circle of reality creation. You've already jumped through the hoops, performed, uh, aced the audition. You, you already know the right people. You, you, you've got all the good connections. It's in your bloodline. It's in your DNA. You earned a spot in time and space. Okay. Now that you're here, oh, it's easy street. Thoughts become things. This is the kindergarten of reality creation. But it took a lot to get here. You're qualified. The angels sing your name in praise. You are a forerunner 
on the razor's edge, learning that thoughts become things. I, I say it's the the kindergarten of reality creation, because I know that there are more advanced schools out there, but that's not to, to minimize the, the audacious challenge that you accepted to be here, that, that you earned prior to your arrival of being here. So now let me step back and, and ask, why is somebody wanting an answer to how do I feel worthy? I'll tell you why. Because they want something that they don't have. And as they dream it, it seems like such a distance. It seems like such a leap. It seems like a totally new orbit. And you kind of feel uncomfortable. Like, I've never been there. Who am I to ask for so much? This discomfort is normal. This sense of, you know, could it be for me? Am I worthy? That's normal. This is not the problem. You do not have a worthy problem. You do not have a problem at all. You just need to understand the nature of reality, okay? That you are the eyes and the ears of God Almighty come alive. And if you can think it, you can have it. If you've dreamed it, it's meant to be. All right, so let's just say, however, that as you align the stars, because you're the one who aligns the stars and changes your tea leaves and changes your palm, let's just say you want to really ramp up your belief in the inevitability of this big dream coming true. And so you want to really see yourself as worthy. Well, how would one begin seeing themselves as worthy? First, don't assume you don't. And second, even if you do, it's not going to stop you. But to kind of really get on board and just become unstoppable, you drill down to truth, as I've been doing in the first part of this equation. Understanding the truth, that you can have it, that your thoughts become things, that your words give you wings, that you're literally pushed on to greatness every single day, that it's not about blood, sweat, and tears. It's not about knowing the right people. It's not about all those old school values that we were taught are necessary to make your dreams come true. That was a a bunch of garbage, but at least it hinted that you can make this happen. And that was all you needed to bulldoze through the baloney that they gave you and still prevail. So you don't believe you're worthy. Maybe you don't believe you're worthy. It's a no thing. Let me turn off the volume here. So I want you to get into a place of truly understanding that your birthright is the kingdom, that, that your inheritance your divine inheritance is more than you could ever, ever, ever spend. Yes, it's going to feel weird and awkward because everybody's telling you you're getting older and you're falling apart. That's okay. They can tell you that. You can even buy into it. You're still going to crush this when you're rooted in truth. So see the truth. Have your dreams. Show up in spite of feeling icky and awkward and weird and futile to take these baby steps when you dream. And all of a sudden, incrementally, imperceptibly, your world starts changing. And suddenly you're like, damn, I've got love. I've got abundance. I must believe I'm worthy. I just must. Even though I started out on this journey, I didn't think I was. It must not have been the case. Pegged to succeed. Now let me address the part of the equation where you want appreciation from someone else. Okay, And how to feel worthy of a certain someone's appreciation. Oh man, uh, or wanting somebody to appreciate you is how the question, uh, how do you attract appreciation from others? That is something you need not be concerned with. 
if you're trying to micromanage a certain person, behaving a certain way, feeling a certain something about you, it may never happen. Don't waste your energy trying to get a certain person who is being chosen simply because they're in your line of sight, your eyesight. Okay, you see so little of your options on planet Earth. These only show you what you've manifested so far. But beyond that, in this time, in this space, there are more opportunities for love, romance, and all that juicy good stuff than you can comprehend. But now you've got your eyes on somebody and you want that person to feel a certain way. This is the Bermuda Triangle of manifesting. Sometimes it'll work and sometimes it won't. Who You didn't sign up for sometimes. Okay, It might work. We're not going to exclude that person. But you need to drill down to truth and see your divine inheritance everywhere. Know that your thoughts become things so you can have romance. You just cannot say who it's coming from. And when you start shining like that and stepping into your awesomeness, living the life of your dreams, and you've got career and work and hobbies and friends and service, all the cylinders are firing, the last thing you're going to care about is what some specific person happens to think of you. And by letting go of that, you radiate even brighter. And then, oh my gosh, you're going to be like uh, the flame and all the others are going to be like moths. And the right people who resonate with you in the right way at the right time, who would complement your awesomeness and take you to another level, are going to be attracted to you. And we're not going to exclude that person you want appreciation from. Okay, but when you're just radiating and emanating your awesomeness because of truth, you've drilled down to truth and you're not deluding yourself. And just because you feel uncomfortable or awkward or sometimes unworthy doesn't mean you are unworthy. People want that. Okay, and then the right person at the right time, which may be that person, will show up and be magnetized towards you. So I'm not saying uh, write off relationships. I'm not saying dim your light. I'm just saying you can't make a certain someone fall in love with you. But when you fall in love with yourself and you're loving the journey and you begin to see you're worthy because the evidence is piling up, everyone's going to want that. Okay. And then you're going to be this magnet. Okay. Now I'm starting to repeat myself. Just shine, shine, little bird, shine, spread your wings and soar. You're here to thrive. That's the reason for these sacred jungles of time and space. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, happy Thursday. Time for a spiritual tune-up. I'm Mike Dooley, and I love this question that you posted down below on Facebook or Instagram very recently. Mike, can our thoughts help others? Can our thoughts be felt by others? Can we send messages or ideas to others through our thoughts? I know we can't influence them or force them to feel a certain way, but wondering if we can focus our thoughts towards someone so that they may receive them. Well, you can influence somebody and absolutely you can reach them, you can touch them, you can love them, you can console them, you will be there as exactly as if you were there sitting beside them right now. Our thoughts have an energy and a life force all their own. Our thoughts are pure God, God Almighty. And wherever you focus your thoughts, wherever you think about sending them, they're there. Whoever you think of, God is with them. You are this laser beam 
of God Almighty. And it's when our thoughts hit the ether, these jungles of time and space, that they then strive to become the things and events of our lives. They follow our intentions. And if our intentions are love, uh, service, uh, comfort, uh, to soothe, to make amends, to apologize, those thoughts get busy. You can forget that you sent them and they're either going to be magnetizing your car or they're going to be magnetizing love or they're going to be magnetizing feeling for other people. And again, to reiterate, you will and can influence other people in the most beautiful, magical, helpful of ways. The questioner is correct. You can't you can't make somebody react to your thoughts in a certain way. You might send them a lot of love and they're like, I, I, I'd rather not. Uh, but from where this question is coming from, there is love. <clears throat> there is concern. There is unity. There is a connectedness. Um, and therefore, that intention of bonding, of gelling, of reaching, of speaking will be made. Here's a little story on this that... Uh, shocks me to this day. It shouldn't. Uh, it's so clear and obvious the power of our thoughts. There's only thought. Thought is God. We're all one. So think it and you're there. Think it and it happens. Think I love you and they hear it. So here's the story. I was speaking at a Hay House I Can Do It event. Um, I don't know which one it was, where in the country. I think it was Chicago actually, or it might have been a writer's conference for Hay House. And it was a multi-day multi event. It was a writer's workshop, actually. And one of the attendees, the, and, and the, the, the rumors were flying, the, the word was flying, in the morning of the second day, was out in the street, from going from hotel to venue, and they got hit by a car. They were walking, and they got hit by a car. And everybody, by the time we started at 9 or 10 o'clock, was talking about it. And Reed Tracy, um, the, the co-founder and CEO, president of Hay House, um, knew that I was up next. And he said, Mike, um, say something, address the crowd. And I was like, uh, you know, I, I guess we have it in us, you know, and this is what I do. So it didn't take me long to formulate something on the fly, on my way up to the, to the platform. But still, it's like, oh, okay, you know, a couple thousand people there. What am I going to say? And immediately, I just said, okay, everyone, close your eyes. I want you to, to know that this person is in the hospital, and I want us to go visit them. I want you to imagine golden light. I want you to imagine smiles and chuckling and laughter. I want you to uh, give reassurance and comfort. Let them know they're not alone. I want you to... And I went on for a couple of minutes, really kind of stream of thought. And... Uh, Weeks went by, months went by, and then Reed sent me an email, forwarded me an email from the person who was hit by the car in the hospital. And uh, it was an email of gratitude. There had been lots of rehabilitation. I think, I believe, a return to normal. But they had to convey this supernatural, super freaky uh, experience they had the morning in the hospital at the time of our meditation where we sent love and comfort and reassurance to them, the whole room illuminated. Um, there was this sense of 
peace and goodwill, uh, feeling not alone, uh, a, a total clarity that everything was going to be okay. And it was just like, it's one thing to know this stuff. It's another to experience it. And I wish for you to experience it. Here's another little story. Uh, apart from using this to send love to someone who might be in trouble, you can use it when there's a riff in a relationship, when there is tension, when there are irreconcilable differences, um, when there is you know, just literally anything. Make up a way of using thought to help other people. The story is this. Today, uh, I'm going to go to Disney World again. We're going to have a staycation at Disney World. We can do that because we live in Orlando. So we're staying in Orlando, but we're going to Disney World. But our little puppy, nine months old, who's a big puppy now, uh, is going to be with a, a pet sitter. And there's a little bit of separation anxiety all the time with a puppy. And so my go-to is I've already visualized it going super well. I've already imagined the scenario playing out. But I'm going to leave a part of my heart, a part of me, inside her crate. So that no matter what's going on uh, in this, um, this dog retreat place that she's going with a pet sitter and other dogs are there, there's going to be a, a, a presence. My presence will be in a dog pillow in her crate. Now that might sound a little bit silly, but this stuff works. And one day the silly becomes real and it's the old school approach that seems silly. Just hoping or wishing and uh, thinking that there's such a thing as distance and space. So I'm going to be with her the entire three days, um, imagining that it's going to go well. Uh, I will um, report back on Monday and let you know how it went. So use your thoughts, send them out. They're real. They are things. They have a consciousness. They have a purpose. It is to do your bidding. So send your thoughts out. Think your thoughts of abundance. Think your thoughts of healing. Uh, think your thoughts of unity and joy and fulfillment and clarity. Ask your thoughts to bring you answers. Send them out on pink balloons. I've heard that. I read that in a book somewhere. Think of somebody and a message you want to send them and uh, put it in a pink balloon, a pink thought balloon and send it up. Make up things. Put it in a kite. Put it in a rocket. Put it uh, in a comet. Uh, meet them on another planet. It all works. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally ho!